from the Lake Erie shores of Northeast Ohio. Cleveland! Cleveland is a city of champions once again. This is the Panel Scanners Podcast since 2012. And welcome to the Panel Scanners, episode 74. Man, these are really starting to add up, aren't they? I can't believe it's so. I know. So, as always, sitting across from me is my good friend Darren. Excelsior. Oh boy, you got the voices back. That's been a while. And to my That's right is Tim. <laughs> Does he do voices a lot? I, I used been, to do it a lot. He used to do an introduction thing that was somewhat related to whatever we were doing every single episode, and he's just been letting me down. It was right. to quell the choking anger I had. And That's I think true, you know yeah. Um, I was going to say, it's been about two years since you've done any of those. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. I have to, yeah. Maybe I'll revive that. Maybe, little, or don't. It um, doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I may tell you to stop after you do Oh, geez. So, well, but give it a shot. My Adam Weston Shatner game is pretty high. It I, is. It's, it's it, impressive. I've heard your Shatner, and I I must admit, I enjoy it quite a bit. You evil, dastardly fiend. That's oh, a, that, that was a great good, Shatner. Right? Yeah. That was oh. a wet. That was oh, I was waiting for you. Sorry. Go, That's a great West. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. All right. So, we're going to just jump right in and start talking about some things that we uh, that we are th- been thinking about, really, right? Things that we have been thinking about. Way to go, Segway Sam. Um, all right. So, we've t- talked a lot about a lot of crossovers, the good yeah. kind of crossovers, crossovers that bring together characters that we probably wouldn't anticipate ever being together, or more accurately, things we would like to see. Uh, characters who maybe would like to see cross paths that in any other medium they have no chance of doing so, such as we've talked about Star Trek Green Lantern on this podcast, Star Trek The Next Generation, and Doctor Who, um, things like that. Uh, but that it's not limited to just those sorts of crossovers. What I want to talk about and what I'm really interested in seeing what you guys uh, want what comic books do you want to see produced? So is it a revival of a character, continuation of a movie, TV, game that was gone all too soon? Something like in the vein of uh, Firefly, which is the like the perennial... Uh, I, I'd say they, they are the, the, the poster children for a TV show that mm-hmm. died too quickly. Even if you haven't seen it by this point, you know of it. Um, they did that Serenity comic, though, right? Yeah, they, they do a miniseries yeah. every year or every other year or so, and, and they, some of them have been very good. I actually arrived at that party really, really late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only watched the show like maybe six, seven years ago. Oh, boy. So, so good. good. Never okay. seen it. Yeah, you, I need to. I yeah, do. you I really know. do. I know I do. You especially. Yeah, yeah. you love, love Star it. Wars. You'll, you'll jump right into this and go, God, that's so good. The movie's good, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah really good. No reason. So I've heard. Um, is it a total do-over? Something that maybe you were really anticipating? You know there's something there, but it just executed poorly. A genre you'd like to see more of, as always? Oh, this is wide open for interpretation. So as we like to do, we got two honorable mentions, and then we'll get to uh, our picks. And I will go ahead and start with my two honorable mentions. Um, Sword Quest Issue 4. Now, last summer I detailed at length um, in our video game episode the... A retroactive review of Sword Quest, which was a four a, to be a four-issue miniseries, um, a companion comic 
that DC produced in conjunction with the Sword Quest Atari 2600 games. Uh, the famous video game Crash of 83 occurred towards the end, so the fourth issue was never produced. So at long last, the tale of the twins is complete. As detailed in last summer's panel scanner episode 56, um, it was the Atari uh, DC team-up, the epic that was never finished. And I wonder if they're going to get to it again, that Sword Quest comic that's being produced uh, right now, but it's not, it's not following the story. It's more about the quest for the sword. Once again, episode uh, Panel Scanner is episode 56. Now, my other one, I think, Tim, you'll enjoy this. Is I, I had to combine the two because I could not make a decision here. Right. Um, is a do-over of the Star Wars prequels. Okay. Or a revival of Indiana Jones. I refuse to believe that Indiana Jones can't find an audience any longer. That's what I keep hearing. There's no audience for Indiana Jones. No, you're wrong. <laughs> it's funny. I thought about that for... I thought about putting Indiana Jones down for it. But then I thought about all the other versions of it. And I used to collect... I used to collect the early, the Marvel Indiana Jones back in the... Some of those, they're terrible. Yeah, they really are. terrible. Some of the Dark Horse stuff was really good. Yeah, and I don't know if I... I don't know if they could... If it can be done right. Maybe I gotta play the theme when I read it. I gotta have it playing in the background or something. I think it's possible. Sure, sure. I mean, let's face it, Harrison Ford's not getting any younger, so... It all comes down to the story, though. Yeah. It really does. No, you're true, true. So I've made mention many times in this podcast, easy fix Indiana Jones. Um, uh, anyway, I kind of feel like Indiana Jones deserves a shot, and I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Tim? Now, when you do, well, I got, before I go on to that, i got to ask you about the prequels. Do you want someone to do... Like you want the prequels totally redone, like redone. a new retelling, like yes, it's, a new mythology. It is one of my dream projects. Like if I ever got a chance where I had some stroke in the comic book industries, it's one of two dream projects would be for me to do the Star Wars prequel trilogy and just I would even be fine keeping the same characters, just making them occupy different roles. Let me tell you right now, Darth Maul's hanging around for a lot longer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um but uh, I, I would, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. A total do-over. That's interesting. See, man, I wish I was thinking about this the way you were thinking about it. Then I would have come up with some different right answers. Right there in the qualifications <laughs> for the assignment, Tim. Yeah, whatever. All right, well, I'll just give you my lame answers then. Uh, my first one, actually, I wanted to, I thought, I want to see some Harry Potter comics. I want, oh. I want to see them, someone do it in just forget the movies, you know, base it on the books. What is your vision of Harry Potter and take it from there? So maybe like you're thinking like a 12 issue maxi series for each book. So you don't have to leave things on the cutting room floor. Absolutely. I would would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah. See that. Yeah. That would be great. See, I I wasn't even thinking as big as you were. That's a great suggestion. Each book. Yeah. Like a 12 issue series would, that's a great idea. I wanted, I wanted even more now that you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My next one is uh, this. I want more, Ultimate Spider-Man. Now, I want more Peter Parker Ultimate Spider-Man. He's dead. Stop it. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. I have nothing against uh, Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm fine with it. It's cool. It's great. It's It's also over. (laughs) Is that over, Yeah, it's over. Yeah. His boy is on DC now. The Ultimate Spider-Man, that was the thing that got me back Mm -hmm. into comics. Mm -hmm. And... It was great. 
and I loved it. It was such a great reimagining, and I thought it was going awesome. And I felt, to me, I felt like there was so much. It felt like to me he was Spider-Man for like 15 minutes in this thing when you put it all together. It. I know the series went on for years, yeah, a long time, but not. The, in the time frame of comics, he's still he was still in high school and everything like that. That to me, I felt there was so oh, much more. So that, opposite of you on that. Really, I feel like they could have. I felt like it was cut so short. There was so much more that they could have explored. I was just so worried that they would start rehashing the same old Peter Parker stuff as he got older, and that's why I thought... But they didn't. But they didn't get the chance to because of the ultimate sacrifice that he made, which sure. was so good and so Peter Parker. I don't know. I thought his death was beautiful. It I was, really did. It was good. I wanted more. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted... I selfishly wanted more. I agree with you I on it. that. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And you, and you bringing up that point is a great point Mm -hmm. that you're right. It probably is good that I want more Mm -hmm. because otherwise it could have, it could. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They could have overstepped their bounds, but you're right. But selfishly, I still want That's what this is, right? Yeah. What do you got for us, Phil? Um, So when, uh, when I originally did this, I, I did a little research on the first thing that I was, I was looking at. I was, it was right after E3 and I, I was like, man, I'd love to see a, a, the last of us comic that kind of filled in that gap of the years between the first game and the new one. Um, it ends up, they did make a graphic novel in 2013 that I've never read and I might need to get my little hands on and see what it's about, but I don't know if it's just a retelling of the game or something else. I didn't do a bunch of research into it because I saw it came out in 2013. So I assumed it. That's news to me. And I am interested in that as well. Yeah. So that might be something that you and I could read together. Um, but I would love, I would love to see a continuation of it, of, Right when the game ended, of them riding up to the camp sure. after the the scene in the um, the hospital. Yep. Oh man, I'd be up for that. Yeah, I'd love it. The second thing I would love to see more, Darren, you might get on in this nail biter. Yes. Because boy, now I love the way it ended. Don't get me wrong, I love the way it ended. But they could still do so much more with that story. Do you get the sense that that may happen? Because they sort of left it open. I feel like he got a lot of other work and he decided to kind of close the chapter on it. And that there might be more waiting. But I was just talking to someone about Nailbutter a few weeks ago. Do you want this, Tim? Nailbiter? I don't know what that is. Oh my! We've talked. It's a oh, horror comic. It's so good. That's it why is. I haven't seen it. it. I'm not, so I am good. not a horror guy. I need to get my. I need to buy the trades up until <laughs> when I started collecting it because it is, it is wicked, Tim. It is so. I don't hard. think you're going to be you're, scared. You're, 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 not, you're not helping sell it to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's you know. I know you. You're. It's not going to scare you. Oh, there, well, no. There is one particular issue where you're going to. You don't read it at night. Stop. I'm talking about the the scene in the morgue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good and I just want more I just want more of that town I want more of the characters I you lent that to me as it was coming out and remember we got to the last arc and we didn't even know it was the last arc yeah and I was like Darren stop giving it to me because I'm just going to start buying it I can't wait anymore it was just so good oh, it was so it was such solid storytelling I'm not a big well I'm starting to read more horror comics now but it, it, it just filled it filled a void I didn't know I needed filled I am a horror comics freak i love horror comics i have a few to talk to you about now that i'm reading yeah some more. i've got really yeah i really like them I, I, although i have tomb of dracula number one okay 
So, I mean, I loved Tomb of Dracula. Sure. Now, I've always been fascinated with, like, the vampires and things like that. Mm -hmm. In fact, I remember back in the day when I was a little kid, I saw, you know... Uh, Batman got turned into a vampire. Mm-hmm. I had to get Red that. Rain. No, it's not. It was this oh. predated Red Rain. This was in the seventies, man. Oh. It was, yeah, it was, and it was good. I still have the 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 books. It was one of my favorites. Was and this is just stream of consciousness. Was when it was a while. It was like fifteen years ago. Superman versus Dracula, but it was done as like a spoof. Like, uh, he went to investigate a story as Clark Kent. Dracula was trying to do all the mind tricks, and since he's Kryptonian, nothing's working. Clark Kent goes, boy, this guy's looking at me real strange. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, uh, at one point, like, uh, he was like, you will not listen to me. And Clark Kent's like, I, I am listening to you. Why are... God, is it? And Clark Kent's inner monologue through this whole thing was like, this dude is strange. And then he goes to bite him, and he just poofs because... He gets his power from the sun. Oh. And, uh, Clark, and it's so funny because at the yeah. end of the issue, Clark's like, what was that? <laughs> it was really funny. That is very funny. That's, huh. <laughs> wow. That, that's interesting. I love it, though. It was total. Was would, total he, would he have really been able to penetrate his skin? Well, that's, that's what I thing. was thinking. Like, his <laughs> teeth would break probably, right? Well, we'll say because he has supernatural powers that he was able to uh, do it. Dracula's a pretty strong guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I seem to we'll remember that I was like, wow, this, this, like Clark oh, this guy's got some girth for an old guy. <laughs> you know. That's a terrible sentence. Yeah, it really is. You're right. But those are, those are my two oh, runners. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of which, I meant to mention for one of my honorables, um, I would wanted some Stranger Things comics. That's happening. It's coming mm-hmm. in the fall. I did see that. Yeah, that's and right. I guess you, that's going to fill in a lot of the gaps for the upside down. I'm pumped about yeah, I'll that. Probably Wait a minute. What do you mean fill in the gaps? Is it going to be like in between seasons? We don't know. Okay. So I do know that uh, Will Byers is on the cover okay. of the first issue, so we'll see. It might have been. I, I, I think it's going to be maybe his perspective while he's in the for upside the down. the first season? From the first Ooh. season, what he does while he's in the upside down. That's freaky. That'd wow. be cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll see what happens to... Um, uh, what was her name? Pam? Not Pam. Pam. The yeah. girl who died. Yeah, Pam. Was it Pam? Yep. I don't think it was. Yeah. You might be right. Yeah, it was. All right. So mm-hmm. my number one. And this is, uh, this is, you guys probably won't be into this, but I want to do a revival of the original Masters of the Universe, Masters of the Universe continuity. DC did an admirable job with Keith Giffen and Popman's leading uh, the revival of Master, Masters of the Universe in 2012. The series was more akin to a serious bend on the filmation cartoon. But what I want is before the cartoon series, the early mini-comics of Masters of the Universe depicted a far harsher Eternia. He-Man was more a wandering barbarian who would randomly encounter the world's evil and heroic inhabitants. While Skeletor did seem to be the big bad of the early continuity, in the others, such as Beastman, Merman, and Trapjaw and Triclops, did not seem to be affiliated with Skeletor and instead masters of their own domains. Those He-Man, much wandering uh, nomad, those He-Man who would encounter on his journeys, it was more like this very mystical and strange realm where no one seemed to have the answers. They, you knew there was this great war and these these people were the survivors of this great war. They were trying to figure out what had happened in the years prior. It was very uh, kind of like Horizon Zero Dawn, where like uh, we don't know what happened before the people here really screwed something up. Um, 
So, and it was this really, it was really cool. There was no Prince Adam. He was just He-Man. And the uh, Battle Cat didn't talk. He was, you know, he was, he was obviously loyal to He-Man. Like, and the, all the other villains, like, when you get to the Filmation cartoon, they're sort of just lackeys. But the other villains were, like, Merman was, like, totally hard. Like, you did not go into the sea because you knew you might encounter him and you did not want to encounter him. It was really, really, really cool. And, it, and it's from the original mini-comics. And Those are the ones that came with the figures. Yeah, and like the first wave of figures had these mini comics that right. told the stories, and it was you were like, "This is some pretty cool stuff." Like Castle Grayskull was this thing that only appeared like once every century, and that was what was bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And and it was like everyone was going to vie for whatever secrets it held, and that was the original idea behind it. Did you? Have you seen that documentary yet on Netflix from the toys that made us? They have one on Masters of the Universe. I know. And the reason I haven't is there is a major documentary coming. Um, It's an extremely comprehensive documentary. Mm -hmm. It's a feature-length documentary that I kick-started like two years ago. I got you. And so I'm like, I kick-started this. I got the DVD coming. I don't want to, you know, You think it'll ruin it? I do. Do you know a lot about? Uh, I have a book. Uh, okay. A coffee table book. So I, I do know some. Do you but, know how the comics came to be with the figures and all that? No, I don't. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I won't tell you. But um, that's, I'm just curious since you brought it up. But one of the things they jettisoned was in the toys. He Man had a power sword, and Skeletor had a power sword, and the toys actually fit together, mm-hmm. and that was the key to Grayskull. Like mm-hmm. once you put the toys together, you could insert it, and the draw the jaw bridge would open. And that the, the, they jettisoned that in the cartoon. That was not that was no part of the cartoon at all. And in fact, it seems like anything since then has no part of it. So I was that's that's what I would I would totally that would be my one thing. Like I, like I said, when I thought about doing this segment, it was like if I had a shot to do my own comic series, I had a shot. This is what I would want outside of something I would create. It would be Masters of the Universe, the very, very, very nauseous continuity. That sounds really cool. What do you got, Tim? Uh, What I got is a massive train wreck. (laughs) I need this train wreck like nobody's business. Uh, Mine, I want George Lucas's Star Wars episodes 7 through 9. Oh, we were, no, no, we don't want to know about Will anymore. Yes, I have to know. I want this in the, I want, like I said, I want this train wreck in the, most in the worst way. I want to know. It could be cathartic. So many people would buy it too, and that is the oh, sad thing. I would. I probably but sign would. me I up. Would, Come yeah. on. If they, like I said, give me what is it? Give me an A or give me an F? Well, Come on. You know what we're getting, and it's not going to be an A. Is he just thinking? You know, you thought the prequels were bad. Really? Watch this. Here we, he <laughs> needs to. Sit, yes, exactly. He needs to sit down. He needs to write the script. Out. Did Disney slide him some more money for him to say this crazy stuff? <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's Boy, a really good idea. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, People like, did not like, like last episode hey man, seven. They really Mountain. hated last Jedi. Can you say some crazy stuff? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> the the, the we'll force controlled by the will. Like, what? No. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's awesome. Because you... you That's some guerrilla marketing there, Phil. Yeah. Uh-huh. Someone should listen right now. I, that was Phil Cecil. Someone should listen and get this man a guerrilla marketing job because that is some genius level stuff. That that really is. But come on, we that that could be. But you read uh, the comics, uh, the star, the Star Wars. Yeah, I did. Based off of mm-hmm. George Lucas's original um, screenplay. 
come on. I thought that was a train wreck in the worst way, too. This is got and this seems like this is going to be. I actually really better. liked it. Did you really? I did. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, not like, oh, I wish this was what we got. No, that's not at all what I thought. <laughs> right. I was very, I mean, we are. We already knew it. We've known it existed for so long. Yeah. Oh, I loved it for what it was. Yeah. In the way I think I would love this. That's the. That's what I'm saying. But. Uh, nope. No. Nope. Nope. I'm out. Come on, Phil. I'm out. Right. Now you guys can tell me all about it. <laughs> We're see, gonna, see, you want to know. I do kind of want to know. I do have that sick, sick <laughs> guy inside me who's like, let's see the world burn. Exactly. If that does happen, we need to do a special episode where we all three just sit and start reading this and go. <laughs> we'll read it out loud. We'll just read the whole thing out loud. Absolutely. We feel, all right, well then erase this from your memory by telling us what uh, what you got. I have so, the voice of Chris Rock in my head while I'm reading. <laughs> Osmos Jones. Um... I really dug deep for this one. I was thinking for a while, and it's actually something I did a retro review on really, really early in the show running. Jeff Smith's Bone. Ooh, mm. yeah. All right. I would love to get some Boneville, where they came from, because we, we, all we got was Escape from Boneville in the Valley. Yeah. I would love to see them returning to Boneville after being in the Valley as, like, a sequel series Maybe even that ends up back in the valley where the rat creatures somehow reform and follow them to Boneville or something, anything. I would love to get more from that that world, that the fake stuff that they drew a map and they just ended up in a real place, even though it was a drawn map by Smiley Bone. Like, I I love Bone. Like, I have a I have a deep connection to it. I when I did the retro, I was talking about when I first read it. I got it through Disney Adventure magazine. Okay. And that, like, I actually had a subscription to it, and it would come in the mail oh, once, right. once a month, and I would get these little pieces of it. And and then I got the Omnibus. I had never finished it when I was younger, and I read the Omnibus, I think, in college. And I still want to get the the color trades for it. Okay. Um, but it's just one of those things that I remember reading it last time, and even with them leaving the valley, I was like, there's so much more. There's so much more that could be told with these characters that could be funny and entertaining and and just engaging and it's just one of those things that I don't think it would be bad I don't think it would be a disaster I don't think it would be um, anything that would even ruin the the source material I just think it'd be really really cool to see more of that it's funny I actually read those yeah. because which is rare for me because I don't read much mm-hmm. anymore but a few years ago my uh, daughter wanted to read them because yeah. I guess they were it was big at her school at the time Weird, people okay. yeah, yeah. yeah exa- ex- exactly you're talking about like geek culture is now accepted. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I'm like, all right, I'll read it too. And she, it's funny, she dropped out after a book or two, um, but I kept going. I read the whole thing. Loved it. So good. It's surprisingly good yeah. and deep. Like, there's Did so you read much them, more. Dude? No, I haven't. They're really good. It, it, there's so much more to it than you think there is. Because when you start, you're like, okay, this is just going to be like a kitty little... And it just gets kind of dark and foreboding, and there's just so much there. I heard they were going to make a movie of this at one point. Th- that was a while ago. They talked to making a sequel at one point, too, and they just never nah, did. I don't know what Jeff they. Smith is doing. I don't know what's going on. Could you please write more? Well, of the three, I think Tim's probably has the best chance of making it at this point. I, I almost feel like it's an inevitable, the way they're pumping out Star Wars inevitable stuff. Inevitable shame that is going to be. <laughs> Maybe but, the art will be good. Well, yep. maybe. But it, just, it would just be Kirby Dots. Like, 96 pages I'm of Kirby so Dots. I'm so mad at you right now. 
You don't even know. I'm, I'm not wrong. How Phil. mad I am at you right now. This is the, you know this is this is a this is a real good shot that that's what happens. Star Wars Kirby Dot <laughs> the Kirby Dot infestation. Well, from uh, comics that we would like to see produced to comics that have already been produced and have met with some reasonable amount of success to the point where we at least had to go back and read them. Tim, what do you got for us tonight? Uh, tonight I have um, Batman the Cult. Um, I, well, one thing, I, I thought I was going to have a bit of a discussion with you guys about it, but I'm shocked to find out that neither one of you have read this. I, too, am shocked that we've not read this. Yeah. It's, and the funny thing, another thing I was shocked to find out that I first read this 30 years ago. I was going to say, when did this come out? This, it right? was a four-issue miniseries um, that ran from August to November of 1988. I was three years old, and that would be why I did it's not no read excuse. this. I didn't go back to it. Parents could have well, read it to you. This is, this is <laughs> one of those, like, the late 80s Batman graphic novels, which was so many of them were, like, the Dark Knight Returns, like well, year that's, one. This sort of yeah. gets lost in the shuffle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because uh, the Dark Knight Re- Returns was eighty six, right? So that was that was kind of like that was like the big whoa. Yeah, see, and I read relaunch that of Batman. Yeah, that it, it's funny. This almost seems like it it gets lost in the cracks of like Batman Year One, like Gaslight, yeah, year one. and. This is, I see it on lists every once in a while of, you know, like some top Batman stories, but largely it's, it's kind of hard to find and people don't talk about it that much, but it's really, a, it's an interesting book. It it's was Jim written, Starlin, right? It is Jim Starlin. I know of it for sure. <clears throat> who, you know, wrote, um, what was it? A Death in the Family with yep. the, uh, you know the should jason todd live should mm-hmm. jason todd died um yeah so it's uh, it was before that um it was illustrated uh by bernie uh wrightson um oh yeah we've talked about him yeah. in the podcast have you yeah bernie wrightson yeah he's sure. and he fits he fits this really well because it's a pretty dark story now it's funny because I'm sorry, I'm going to get into some spoiler territory for you guys. I'm sorry. Um, I'll try to... I don't know. 30 years old, man. Like, it's okay. Yeah, you're right. It's your own fault. The heck with you guys. But it it starts off standard enough as far as Batman goes. It's like you start off, oh, there's young Bruce. It's a a dream sequence. Mm -hmm. Here he is. Okay, great. You know, in his dream sequence, he runs into the, you know, the Joker. And I'm like, okay... And then he grows up into Batman right there and then starts taking on the Joker. And then he starts murdering the Joker with an axe and oh. chopping him up to bits. Whoa. And you're <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is going on here? Um, and then he comes to, and you find that he is down in a sewer. He's got his arms, you know, above his head uh, tied to a pipe. He appears to have some sort of, his ribs are bandaged up with blood coming out. You know, he's got some sort of injury. And he, um, these, he's down there, there's a lot of people down there. And they start um, telling him about this Deacon Blackfire, who's their savior, who's, you know, come to save them. And Batman 
in his mind, he goes, I've been down here for like a week, you know, maybe more. He goes, I know what they're trying. This is, this is great because he goes, I know what they're trying to do to me. You know, they, they're trying to brainwash me. And at the same time, uh, he knows he's being brainwashed. And I, it's great because he, they do it in a way where he's thinking in his head. He's telling, but he's also telling the reader what's happening. And he, I, I got to read this part. He goes, it's the classical recruiting method for all so-called religious cults. First, you separate the mark from all familiar surroundings. Then you starve him a while to lower his resistance. Disorientation sets in, uh, maybe followed by hallucinations. That leaves the victim uh, terribly vulnerable to suggestion. Uh, it's not long before he experiences revela- revelation, enlightenment. That's how Blackfire obviously gets his disciples. Standard brainwashing technique, but it won't work on me. My sense of reality uh, is too strong. And I love, I love that. And then he goes into another hallucin- hallucination. I love that line, my sense of reality is too strong. Because right off the bat, Batman isn't a character that you think mm-hmm. has a good grasp on reality. He's a guy that's running around dressed up as a bat. Yeah. You know, he's had this psychological trauma to begin with. But the great thing is I loved about this was he knows he's being uh, brainwashed and he's telling you step by step what's happening because, you know, he's Batman. Batman's smart. He knows these techniques. But it doesn't stop it from happening anyway he can't stop it because he there's a point where he knows you know they're giving him just enough food to survive and he and he's like eating he goes i think it's drugged which it is so he knows he's being you know he, there's nothing he can do he's mm-hmm. he's trapped and um this this whole thing occurs with um then they do the like the flashback of um what happens these uh the homeless people all of a sudden start, you know, are missing from Gotham and everyone's loving it. Hey, you know, we're cleaning up the streets and all of a sudden all these gangsters and mob people are getting hit. And, you know, the citizens of Gotham, they're loving that too. Batman, you know, he's going to investigate what the heck is going on. So he, you know, goes to investigate, you know, runs into one of them and he saves one, a homeless guy and the homeless guy turns around and shoots Batman, shoots him in the ribs, and he gets wounded. And that's how he ends up captured. And that's how they start the whole um, brainwashing um, thing going on. Now, the, the, the amazing thing about this story is, to me, they break Batman. Batman is broken. They brainwash him. It happens, and this is, I mean, this is before, like, any of the Nightfall, the Bane stuff. This is, you know, the first time, you know, I remember reading this. I'm like, holy cow, they actually, they brainwashed this this guy. He actually, now, he actually goes, after he's brainwashed, he goes up with, uh, you know, he gets enlightenment from, you know, the Deacon Blackfire, who they tell this story how, he was this shaman like a thousand years ago, and he brought down the word of God, but his follow- followers uh, turned on him and locked him up um, in a cave in that. But, he, you know, he's like, they see, claims to be immortal, and he survived, and he tried to, um, through the years, um, you know, 
gain control through crime. And then he, you know, he tried various avenues until he fell on, you know, religion. Um, but the whole thing is, you can't really tell, is this guy really immortal or is he just some sort of con man? It's, it's, it's kind of up for de- debate here. They leave enough doubt in the comic. So you're, you're wondering at the same time, well, you know, but at the same time, they, they turned Batman with, you know, the, the brainwashing techniques. And it's very well done uh, how they do it. You can almost buy in, into it. It's like, yeah, this makes sense. Same time, it's kind of horrifying. The, he ends up going up top with the, the homeless people, and they're making a run. And Batman's wielding a gun, you know, and he's having hallucinations like two faces there in front of him. He's shooting. And they really imply strongly that Batman guns someone down and kills them while this, you know, while he's been brainwashed. So there, that's one of those things, like the negative things for me, because, you know, me, my whole thing, Batman doesn't kill. Mm -hmm. And I feel so strongly against that. But at the same time, it's like, boy, I, if he's brainwashed like this, the way they got him, the way you see it happen in the comic, you kind of buy into it. You're like, boy, this really goes against things, but I'm kind of into it. You know, makes makes sense. Um, so it, it's really interesting from that uh, perspective. Um, another thing I like, Jason Todd Robbins in this one. Um, and at this point, he he is recently deceased. Um, no, he's not. No, no, no. This is before. This takes oh. place. He's really Robin in this. So this is a, okay. Because so it was eighty. I think the, it was eighty eight. Yeah, this predates yeah, uh, death in the uh, family. not by much though. But yeah, right. Okay, so that's and he's in there. And it's so funny because like you're looking at the book, and he's he's in the old original <laughs> Robin costume, you know, with the bare legs and and all that, and it's so. It, after all these years and seeing how they've redesigned the Robin costume, it's almost almost kind of jarring to see it. Uh, almost comical in a way, but his personality takes over where he's, you know, he's a hardened character. You know, he's a really take charge, you know, fiery attitude, uh, Jason Todd, that mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of get over that kind of uh, quickly. And he ends up going down and, you know, finding Batman after Batman's uh, been gone for a week and you know he ends up uh, getting him out but Batman Batman's broken and you know there's some great visual the artwork oh my gosh there's like when Robin finally finds him they have like a whole page it's just black panels and you just hear you see the word bubbles of Batman are you here I'm here, I'm here, you know, where are you? What am I stepping on? You know, and, you know, he's walking over towards him, and then you see Batman, he's like, Batman looks all crazy. He's like, welcome to hell, welcome to hell, welcome to hell. And then, you know, like, Robin turns the light on, and they're in the sewer, and there's just dead bodies everywhere. There, He's, you know, there, Batman's in with a bunch of dead bodies. He's clearly, like, flipped out at this point. So Robin gets him back to Wayne Manor. Um, at this point, um, the you see heavy influence from Dark Knight Returns. You get a lot of talking, uh, talking heads. You know, you know. Remember from Dark Knight Returns, they have all the television screens, mm-hmm. people, the media going back mm-hmm. and forth. 
lot of this in here. It almost got to the point where I'm looking at it. I'm just like, I, I would see the page of all the talking heads. I'm just like, <sighs> okay, I'm going in. I got to read this. It almost seemed a little tedious. Uh, it almost seemed a little tedious to me. But it, it was... Uh, it was good from the fact I, I understand what you know they're trying to build the story, but um, Deacon Blackfire now comes out from from below, and you know takes claim through you know my followers, my religion. We did this, and and half of Gotham is all for this. Hey, you got rid of the you got rid of the criminals. Hey, you clean you clean things up. This is great, you know, and. He essentially takes um, claim of Gotham City. Like they end up killing the mayor. Um, they they raid. He has all these home thousands of homeless. They raid an armory, and they um, essentially take over Gotham. Like the National Guard is you know brought in and that. So and like half the people flee, half the people you know stay. And every they think it's great, but then all of a sudden they start turning on all the people that stay because he's, you know, a corrupt guy and setting up these crazy rules. All, all at the same time, Batman's trying to claim his sanity back, um, which he ends up doing uh, to as best as Batman can. Um, and he goes, "All right, we're gonna take down these guys." And so him and Robin, they get what do they get? Guns, of course, gotta get guns. <laughs> With tranquilizer darts, I'll give them that. They and uh, another big influence. They have this huge Batmobile, which to me again was a Dark Knight Returns. But they made it look like a monster truck, and so they're going through Gotham with that, and they're shooting, you know, tranquilizers at all the tranquilizer bullets or darts or whatever you want to call them at, at all these people trying to go after Blackfire. Then, like another thing that I didn't like again. Um, a woman comes running out, sees the bamboo, but you know, save me, save me, and there's still like thousand or I, I don't know thousand, but lot lots of uh, followers down there. And Batman says, "I can't go after, I can't." You know, the followers start going on the woman, and Batman's like, "I got to get to Deacon Blackfire. I can't help this woman." You know, if I go out there, you know, I, I can't stop him. And he sent, he goes, it takes forever for her to die. And I'm just like, really? We're going there? Batman's not, he's just going to let that woman die because he's got to get to, you know, Blackfire. I'm like, all right, this is what we're doing. And it seemed a little odd to me because they have all these tranquilizer darts. I'm like, well, fire, and if you hit her, great. You know, she'll be knocked out too. Knock out everybody. But that, that didn't really happen. But uh, ultimately, they... They come to, you know, a confrontation at the end with uh, Deacon Blackfire. I won't tell you how it ends. You'll have to, as much as I'm talking about some negative things in here, it's an interesting read. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's great because like I said, I disagree with some of the things Batman does and with the deaths in the um, like, like apparently Batman gunning down someone and letting um, the woman die. Okay, you let this happen, but I they didn't really address any of Batman's like any consequences to that. They didn't address how he. 
I didn't get enough about how he felt about that or how that shaped him or changed him. It was just kind of like, oh, that just kind of happened. You know, I wanted, if you're going to do something like that, I need to see how that weighs on him, on the character, which I didn't get enough of. But it's an interesting read. But another thing uh, beyond that, uh, the thing that I'll close with here that um, is very interesting, and I don't think it's been mentioned, but the movie, um, The Dark Knight Rises, holy cow, seems to really take a ton from this book. And just, like, similarities from it. You have a broken Batman who was broken mentally. I I mean, he's not physically broken like, you know, Bane did, but he is mentally broken in this. This is the first time, like, I saw a Batman comic where Batman was literally broken. Um, You have a force, like, that comes out of the sewers, to take over Gotham City. That's, you know, Deacon Blackfire's crew comes out of the sewer, just like Bane. They were all down in the sewers uh, in the dark uh, night uh, rises. Um, they killed the mayor in this book, killed the mayor in um, the uh, dark night rises. Um, in this book, they also hung people from the streets to set as an example. Also done in the dark night rises the national guard is brought in just like you know uh dark night rises even in the comic they blow the bridges so people can't get in and out of gotham and they even have gordon being shot like he was in dark night rises and you know batman coming back to visit gordon in the hospital saying hey we're going to take the city back and all that i was really it was really stunning to me all these similarities to that that were pulled from that movie yet i never once heard them mention this book at all as as an influence when it clearly is there's even there's even some lines in the book that uh mentioned the dark knight rising from the ashes and that they clearly hmm. took a reference from this book um i actually I recommend this book. Like I said, I don't agree with everything in there, but you can almost, and it gets a little outrageous near the end, but the way the story's told, you can almost buy into, it's told well enough that you can buy into how they come out and take over things um, and how Batman is broken. You can buy into it. I just, like I said, the thing I wish more there was a little more reflection on for if you're going to give have Batman do these things I need to see the impact it has on him but I honestly I actually do recommend this book you guys uh, you should check it out it's, it was really good where would you place this um, alongside the Dark Knight Rises year one is it up there is it one you mean of those Dark Knight Returns Dark, thank you Dark Knight Returns year one um, even like the Legends of the Dark Knight if you recall those yeah. initially it sort of hit to me not having read it it does feel like along those same vibe of those dark gritty Batman books um, from the late 80s which sort of I don't want to say it popularized comic books because the 80s was the big boon, but I definitely think it, it brought comics to a more literature 
um, pedestal than per- perhaps previously they were allowed to be on. You know what? This is this is there, and it's funny because he's making he's making a uh, Starlin is making a lot of messages about government. He's making a lot of messages about religion. He's making a lot of messages um, uh, all about a lot of things um, that you can read in between the lines here, and so it has literary merit to it um and i think it's worth a read it's interesting like i said i first read it when it came out and i was floored by it i had never seen anything like this like batman going mad and him like i said the whole the whole scene of the him the welcome to hell welcome to hell and they have that full page of him you know with Robin finding him in the sewer with all these just dead bodies everywhere. I was just like floored by that. But the weird thing is somehow even I forgot about that. I always had it in the back of my mind, but it's nothing that I really revisited. Like I would re I would revisit uh, dark Knight returns. I would revisit, you know, year one and those legends of the dark Knights, even the long Halloween and in all, all those for, for some reason, this no, this is I think this is the second reading I've ever had of this. That's interesting. But it's good, you know. Like I said, I don't necessarily agree with everything, but it's told in a it's told well. It's a well told story, and like I said at the time, this was really groundbreaking for. Uh, you really had not seen anything like this. Could it be that? had it maybe come out a year or two earlier that it would be considered one of the titans in the late 80s graphic novels absolutely but the problem was i don't think this book would exist if it weren't for that for that's a very for those. good point that's a very and you good would point. see that when yes. you you would see that when you if you're to read the comic you yeah. would see that because you definitely see the frank miller um influences in the influence you know the those Earlier, and I'm only talking like a couple years yeah. earlier. Influence yeah, that whole of late other 80s books. period of Batman comic Arkham Asylum. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just such an. In, and it seemed to be that Batman was the catalyst for a lot of those kind of books. And you know, I don't know. It, it's it's that's a really fascinating period of comic book uh, production. Um, and, and Bernie Wrightson, you know, he passed away. Just last year. Oh, really? Yeah, I and he was that. a he was a horror comic, uh, a real big horror comic. Co-created Swamp Thing. Okay, yeah. this makes perfect sense. I don't know a lot of, about these guys, but when big you say horror, horror comics, comics, the way he drew that really sets the mood because it does have a he horror-ish feel. A comic book, uh, a retelling of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that, as I recall is considered the stuff of legend. Okay. I, it's, and I think it's difficult to find. I could be wrong about that. But this does seem along the lines of a Jim Starlin kind of story. Yeah. Uh, do you remember which Marvel character he created? Oh, man. Oh, I have no clue. No, no. clue. Thanos. Really? Yeah, he's yeah. the co-creator of Thanos. Also, Drax the Destroyer and uh, some of the Guardians that of the Galaxy. Sense. Yeah. Um, he's got uh, one I have about the first 40 issues of a book he created called Dreadstar that I'm, I'm getting ready to do a, an epic uh, retro review on sometime soon. They announced the television show a while back, but yeah. it, there's been 